Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. listening to more than a season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real authentic behind the scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey you, yeah you, stop listening, press pause, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are excited for another episode. Yes. And so we have a very near and dear to my heart because it is my alma mater and OSU. Um, We have a special guest and we're going to let her introduce herself. All right, I'm Leslie Holiday, and you're right, I went to college at Oklahoma State University. However, I, I was there a little bit before you were there, so there's a bit of an age gap between the two of us. But no, my name's Leslie, and I'm married to a handsome man named Matt, and he played professional baseball for quite a long time, and we gathered like a bunch of dogs and a bunch of kids along the way, so I'm excited to have this conversation about what that journey was like. And right now we're back in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Matt's coaching baseball at Oklahoma State. And we are just, and I mean, kind of getting back. It's a lot different to live here when you're in college versus an adult with four kids. And so it's a different vibe altogether. So we've been here about two years and so far so good. I'm excited to be with you guys. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Well, we know that like your journey isn't this beginning part right here at Oklahoma State. So where did you guys start? How did the whole baseball world come about? I was at school here at OSU. I was in a sorority. I was a Pi Phi. And so we met in 1998 on a blind date. And so we went on a couple dates and never quit dating. And then we dated long distance because I was still in school. And he navigated the minor leagues. We got engaged about a year later. And then married the following year and jumped right into the minor league lifestyle. We spent about four years in the minor leagues. And then Matt got called up to the big leagues in 2004, I believe. And he stayed there for like 15 or 16 years. And then, yeah, now we're back at OSU. So it kind of began at OSU. And then now we're, we're back here in Stillwater. But we've lived all over the country during his career. Spent a lot of time in Colorado with the Rockies. That's who, that was his very first big league team, was with the Rockies. And then he was traded to the A's in 2008. We were there for a short period of time. And then over to the Cardinals, and we were there for about eight years. And then the Yankees, and then back to the Rockies. And so that was his fast story (laughs) of his major league career. Yeah, I'm just impressed that you can remember all the years and like the bouncing around because I know that there is a ton of moving that goes with the baseball lifestyle. In college, going back to that, when you all first started dating and you were getting serious and you were like, okay, we're going to you know, take the next step. What were you thinking with this lifestyle back then? Because you know, you probably didn't know what you were about to get into. No, I had no idea. You know, I grew up on a ranch in the Texas Panhandle. So my dad was a rancher and my grandpa was a rancher, right? It just goes all the way back. And so 
baseball to me like when matt told me he was a baseball player i just kind of was tickled like i was like oh that's cute like i had no idea that that was a real profession right and so because i just i mean i have brothers and stuff but i never really thought too much i didn't really watch professional sports on tv or anything like that so I just had like hard eyes for Matt. I mean, I didn't even, that wasn't even on the radar that this was actually going to be a career. Right. And so anyway, so I would say that I started out the journey, like very naive and in very few expectations as to what it would be. I think that he would probably even agree that it was just kind of, we just did the next thing together. So it wasn't this big, Matt's going to make it in three plus years, or like there wasn't this plan. It was just kind of, we loved each other. We loved spending time together. We wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. So we made that decision. And then it just was like organically grew. Right. And so, and I think that's how his career was too, is that I just didn't have any expectations for how it was going to go, but I did enjoy it. And I'm really grateful that I was kind of ignorance is bliss sort of thing going into it because it's different for me though, because our marriage didn't grow in the time of social media. Right. And so that's changed things a ton. So when I talk to girls that are younger, that are navigating the things I navigated early in my marriage, it's like apples and oranges because the things that, that younger women have to face is harder because they have this carrot hanging over them. Like get here, get here. Well, we didn't know. I mean, we were just kind of like, Oh, this was fun. Let's keep doing this. You know? <laughs> so it was, that was a beautiful thing with, with the, of not being early in a marriage and early in a career when there was so much media out there. I, mean, I imagine that challenge is pretty hard. Yeah, I so. love the way that you put that because it's definitely different, I'm sure. But I'm sure you had your challenges just like like women today have their challenges with relationships. And what was that one thing that you kind of, when you got into the baseball world, you were like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot. But what was that one thing that you remember? You know, logistics were real hard for me. I remember being real lonely, you know, because I was at college student at Oklahoma State. I was in a sorority. You live in a sorority house. There's just always something going on. Like you're around really good friends that knew you really well, the thick and thin, like they were your, they were your girls. And so you, you live in this home and then you're thrust into this lifestyle where you go where they send you. I mean, y'all know all that, but it was just such a lonely, I remember being really lonely because it was just such a, a difference from where I was to then where I had been place in a basement in Denver, Colorado, because that was our very first home. I forgot to mention that. Like we lived with a host family. That was like right out of the marriage gate. We're in a basement in Littleton, Colorado doing married life. And so that was weird. And logistically, it was hard because Matt would be gone for, you know, 10 days, two weeks, come home, trying to kind of figure out, okay, I, I have this rhythm of being pretty independent, like going on a run, going to work out, going to get coffee, like kind of this deal that I, I got used to. And then he would come home and you kind of have to redo your schedule. And it just, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it really was. I lived these two different lifestyles to where it was when Matt was home and then Matt was gone. And so, you know, over the years, I got a lot better at it. But at the beginning, I would say that that was something that I had to adapt to for sure. Yeah, I love that you speak on that because I feel like, you know, you go to college and then you get into this lifestyle. That's how exactly I was. And I was a gamify, by the way. So we are right next door like neighbors. neighbors. So, yeah. Yep, we are neighbors. <laughs> so it just brings so many memories back to me because I do. I remember, you know, going with him and then you just figure it all out and you do feel lonely because you're like, I'm in this new location that I have no idea or any of these people. But 
I love the way you put that. After that chapter, we have a lot of followers that are new moms or just have children. And how did you make that work? You know, I'm I'm glad I wasn't like on a reality TV show or something because it was messy, just to be completely honest. Because I think it does everyone a disservice if I tell you something that isn't true, right? So it was really hard. And I think like we had Jackson, he was a baby when Matt very first started out in the major leagues. And so Matt is trying to pursue this career and I'm at home trying not to bother him with a brand new baby because I'd, I like we had dated for long enough to know. And then Matt's dad's a baseball coach. Matt's brother's a baseball coach. So the baseball thing really is this sort of a family business. And so there was this this heightened awareness of my role as a young woman. And that was kind of like stand back, don't get in the way and just let him do his thing. And so and that's sort of what I married into, like that kind of mentality of like just give him some space and let him be awesome right and so that's just where we were and i mean we were very immature in our faith at the time so the high priority in the holiday home when matt very first made it to the big leagues was just let him have his space to go be successful and you take care of the baby and unfortunately i had a really hard baby (laughs) so it was just really difficult for me because he cried all the stinking time and he had colic really bad for like nine stinking months like nobody has colic that long but he did and i remember i just really struggled because there was this tension of okay i want to do my part in this and so i want to just be the very best mom i can be and try not to bother matt so he can go and succeed and i put all this pressure on myself to run a family on my own and I didn't do a very good job of asking for help and I certainly didn't ask Matt for help and so it caused a lot of tension between the two of us but if he were sitting here he would tell you that all I had to do was ask and he would have been glad to help me because he wanted to provide for our family but it didn't mean not helping with the baby right and so like those were things that we had to learn early in our marriage because I had it sideways like I I thought that Matt being successful meant Like I took care of the family and he just did his job. So I think that that is a struggle that a lot of marriages kind of have to deal with and work through early in a career because I just, I think that I'm not the only one that went through that talking to some of my friends. And I wish I would have asked him for a little bit more help in the early years, but we have four kids. So eventually I had to just tell him like, Hey man, I'm, I'm in the weeds. I need you. I need you to help me out. So anyway, so we grew out of that phase pretty quick. The more kids we added to the mix, but it's hard. It's hard at first when they're trying to figure out their place on the team and you're trying to figure out what it looks like to be a mom with, you know, we had an apartment in Denver when he played for the Rockies and then we lived in Austin, Texas, and then you have spring training. So you're moving like three times during the year I wasn't very good at scheduling. My kids would stay up late. They would nap late. They would wake up late. So I didn't do the whole kid goes to bed at seven. My kid was waking up from a nap at seven. We were going to the baseball game. He was going to bed around 10, 30, 11, you know, and then waking up at 10 and that he kind of adapted to our schedule. That's what we decided to do early. I love that though. Like you're so raw and authentic. And I think that's what we appreciate around here because we would just want to know the truth. We don't have children yet, but once we get to that stage, we've heard from so many amazing women. It's hard. And you know, you do have to ask for help and build that community around yourself. That was kind of going into my next question. You, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but you had a home base and then you also had wherever he was playing at the time you had like an apartment or something like that. How was that like with the kids moving them back and forth? Did you have to homeschool them or what did you guys find that worked best for you guys? 
You know, Matt and I made a deal from the very beginning when we had Jackson because we saw it done so many different ways and, and there's not a wrong way to go about this thing. It's, there's just not. It just has to be like, what are your values or core values as a family? Like what works for you? Because healthy things grow, right? And so I wanted to invest in my marriage and I wanted it to be as healthy as possible. And so how was I going to do that? And Matt and I knew that both of us really needed to spend a lot of time together. I mean, that's something that's always been very important to us. So a non-negotiable in our relationship was keeping our group together. And so how are we going to do that? We're going to have to be pretty creative. So early in his career, it didn't really matter. We had an apartment in Denver. We had our home in Austin. We had spring training in Arizona. And it was no big deal because Jackson was little. And there was no school or anything like that. And my older two boys are actually very good athletes. And so they would play on sports team in Texas go up to Denver. It was easy to find them a team in Denver and then spring training, they would do things. And so that was our rhythm in the young years. And then I didn't take school too seriously until they were about in the second grade. And so what we did kindergarten and first grade was we were still in Austin. So they would go to school in Austin at more like a church school. When we were in there for the off season, I'd go talk to the principal and say, look, here's the deal. This is how long we're going to be here. Send me with work during spring training, send me with work for the season or we'll find like a Sylvan learning center or something like that. And we'll do some correspondence stuff. So that's what we did for those early years of education. Then it got a little bit trickier. So we went ahead, sold our place in Austin, moved to St. Louis full-time because he had signed a longer term deal. And then we were just going between St. Louis and Florida for spring training. But long story short, we've done it lots of different ways, but we always kept our kids together. And I think in the long run, I mean, it's painful at sometimes because there's lots of tears when you leave a baseball team or you leave a classroom. But now that my kids are older, so Jackson's 17 and Ethan's 14, like they play national baseball now. I mean, they're both pretty good at baseball. And, and so they can walk into any team and any social situation and it is just like no big deal. And I just don't think that, that would have been the case had we just stayed in one place. And so they've learned how to, they're elite adjusters. And so, so they can adjust socially to any, any situation, which is really cool. And school was the same way. Like we moved to Stillwater Jackson's freshman year and he handled it just fine. And going to college, it's going to be great. Like it's just not going to be as big a deal, you know, had we stayed in one place. And so I, I don't really regret how we did things because it was just real important for me that my kids were around Matt and that Matt and I were together because Matt did play a really long time. And I just never wanted it to be a situation when his career was over. I looked at him and I was like, oh, hey, my name's Leslie. Remember we got married in 2000. And so like, I just didn't want that. I wanted to grow together and, and not be like living these two separate lifestyles. But again, every marriage has a thing that it makes us unique, right? And I, I think that that's what you have to find. Like like the Wainwrights, Adam and Jenny Wainwrights were teammates about ours for a long time and they were like we are. And so they've done exactly what we've done. But we have lots of friends that have healthy, thriving marriages that the wife stayed, like my friends, the Reynolds, like Kathleen stayed in North Carolina primarily the whole time and they're doing just great. So I don't think that there's a formula, but for us, we just knew that that's what would help us grow and thrive and, and make this thing work. So that's what we did.
Yeah, I love the story of that because there's so much growth, I think, to moving and being put into uncomfortable situations. And uh, Brittany and I talk about it all the time. If we were raised as coaches' kids or players' kids, we would be so much more adaptable to change in the beginning because you grow this sense of confidence and awareness of differences and different groups of people. So I think that is so great that they are just so mature in that factor because that's not something that you can just learn overnight. So I do want to ask about your faith. You said that you had, you know, not grown in your faith at that beginning chapter of your marriage. And so if you feel comfortable enough, I'd love to hear about what that turning point was. So I was raised in a church and I mean, to the point where it's like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, like we, I was involved. My parents just, that's what, what we did. Matt wasn't raised in a church, but he has really awesome parents. In college, I had an experience where I started to really understand that, oh man, just because I was raised in a church doesn't really mean that I'm a Christian. And so there, there was this moment in college where I realized that I need to get my stuff together. And so I got real serious about my relationship with the Lord probably about six months before I met Matt. So I'm tracking here, like really growing and getting serious about Jesus. And and actually Matt is too. And so we met at this really good time in, in both of our like personal journeys with, with the Lord. And so we really grew together as a couple, but we were still really immature when we, we didn't really understand how to apply everything that we believed, I think is the best way to put it. And so early in our marriage, both of us were incredibly selfish. We just didn't get it. We were more like Sunday school, church, like know the answers, really awesome on Sunday. Maybe it would linger into Monday, but then the rest of the week, we were like super selfish people. But that's how sanctification works, right? I mean, you you become a believer and then the journey begins to where you just start learning more about Jesus and you desire to become more like Jesus and less like yourself. And so we were on that pace and just little by little by little, we developed a healthy marriage to where it became kind of this idea of like, I want to be your helper and I want to help you in things. And then it was, it was reciprocated to where Matt was like, and I want to help you in things. And so, so it really started to shake out a little bit. And so um, I don't know if there was actually like a turning point, but it was more like a gradual growth, I would say to where, you know, one day you look back and you're like, man, we've really come a long way in just building more of an authentic relationship, a relationship where I could actually share the things I needed from him and vice versa. Our faith had a lot to do with that because the more we understood about Jesus and the more we understood about ourselves as being Christ followers, it really helped shake out a pretty healthy marriage, but it just took time. You have a podcast together and it is centered around faith as well. Could you talk a little bit about how that idea came about and how you guys started your podcast and what your vision is? Yeah, for sure. So it's called Table 40. So I went to Oklahoma State, as you know, and I was a nutrition major at OSU. And then in 2015, I felt called to ministry. So one of my good girlfriends, she was a wife of one of Matt's teammates, they were getting divorced. And it was a really, really hard divorce. And I remember I led a lot of Bible studies for the Cardinals when Matt was playing for the Cardinals. And, and she would come and would never share like, that she had stuff going on at home. So it kind of hit me like, what in the world? Like you never even brought that up. Bible study time, that's a great time to bring up that you're having a hard time in your marriage. And she just never did, never did. So I call her and I'm like, I was the last to know. And I I lead these stinking Bible studies. Why didn't you tell me what was going on? And she said, well, I was just embarrassed. And I just didn't want to bring that stuff to Bible study. And it really burdened my heart. At the time, I knew quite a bit about what it meant to be a Christian, but I couldn't reconcile those words because I was like, well, what do you mean you can't bring your 
mess to Bible study. And I, I thought to myself, like in scripture, it says like Jesus came to heal the sick. Like he didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. And like he came and entered this mess of a place to be with us while we're hurting and we're broken. And he's the good shepherd. All these things about Jesus, when you describe Jesus, it embodies this man that wants you to bring your mess into Bible study. And, and so it really like burdened my heart. And I went home and I was like, man, I think I feel called to ministry and I want to redo baseball ministry because I felt like when she said that it kind of opened my eyes to a reality that I never considered before, which was in baseball. It felt like the wives, you just had to have your stuff together and you had to look nice at all the games and you had to say the right things and, and you had to wear the right things and you had to do all these right things. But yet the reality is, is we're raising kids. We're navigating a marriage that's tricky. We're doing these things that falls a lot on us, right? You've got your agents, you've got your parents, you've got your this, you've got your that. And you're just spinning all of these plates all the time. Yet you have to be so put together that when you're going through something really difficult, you're not allowed to talk about it in Bible study. And so it bothered me. And so I went back to college. So this is in 2015. I felt called to ministry, felt called to kind of rework baseball ministry for women. And I went back to school. I graduate in May. And I've been working behind the scenes kind of with, with PAO, which is Professional Athlete Outreach. And we have been able to change women's baseball ministry, and it's been beautiful and great, and I love it so much. That's probably been the thing that I've been most proud of because I'm starting to see women just feel a lot more open. Like even, even this sort of platform, it just makes my heart so happy because we need each other. And what we don't need is a bunch of women saying, man, I got it. I am so good. Like I'm nailing this lifestyle. Like that's not okay because that's what makes it even harder. Anyway, so I graduate in May. I started seminary a couple weeks ago. So I go to Dallas Theological Seminary as well. And I'll graduate from there in a couple years. And so the podcast came about because we were thinking of different vehicles of communication. And I sold Mallory Brown. She heads up like the NFL branch of PAO. And I was like, Mallory, I think that y'all should start a podcast. It'll be so great. Like, just do it. It'll be awesome. This is such a good idea. She said, oh yeah, that'll be great. You started. This is your podcast. This is what you're going to do. And then Matt had quit playing. And so I was like, well, I'm not doing it by myself. So I drug Matt into it. And so we do it together and we're having so much fun. And so it's been really fun to tell stories and get to know people and encourage people. And, you know, some of them are heavy on faith and some of them aren't. And that's okay because we wanted it to be table 40, basically just casual conversations around the table that point to Jesus, or at least give people some tangible strategies that they can apply in their relationships. And 40 comes from Psalm 40. It's my favorite passage of scripture. It's kind of just our salvation story. Like you're pulled from a pit of destruction, placed on a firm foundation, and then God will give us a new song to sing. And I think that's all of our stories if we're believers. And even if we're not believers, if we're not believers, we're still in that pit, right? And we're waiting for Jesus to pull us out and place us on a firm foundation. The more we learn about the Lord, then we can start singing a song. And that's what I like is I like women to feel like their stories matter, that they have purpose. We can encourage one another in that. Anyway, so that's kind of how the podcast got started. It was an idea for somebody else that was 
given to me. And so I was like, okay, sure, we can do that. (laughs) No, that's such a great story because that's kind of how we were with our podcast is all we wanted is some real talk and conversation because I feel like as women, we have given ourselves the stigma that we have to have it all together. And I don't know where that came from, but we have noticed that even in our industry is that you show up and then you've got all these things going on behind the scenes or in your household at home and you still have to look like perfection. And that's not the case at all. And so the more that we have interviewed women, the more real that has come out of everyone kind of feels the same way. And so we're trying to break that stigma of that. So I think that's wonderful that you and your husband get to do that podcast and interview all these different people. It's been fun, for sure. Brittany and I ask this on every single interview, but what would you tell someone that is starting out their baseball lifestyle that's younger, Maybe they're just trying to figure it all out. What would you tell your younger self back then that you know now? There would be a lot. First of all, I would tell my younger self to never do the bedazzled shirts with like Matt's name on the back. So when I look back at those pictures, I'm like, what in the world? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I think what I would say is just try harder to embrace your place or embrace where you are. In the minor leagues, I did that really well because like I told you, I was just kind of like, this is fine. I'm traveling. But as Matt's career began to get just a little bit more serious or he had a little bit more success, I think that I didn't do a very good job of just being where my feet were and embracing my place and getting to know the people around me because I was looking for what was next. Like, oh my gosh, are we going to be here longer? Are we going to get traded? Are we going to this? Are we going to that? Should, am I wrong in, in keeping our family together? Should we root up in Austin? And, and so I wasted a lot of days looking down the line instead of just being where my feet were. And it's so hard to do that. I still struggle with it. But when I'm healthy and I'm going well, I do that. And I never regret those days that I just am able to just be present and pay attention to who's right in front of me because the relationships are the, the things that when I look back on Matt's career that have been the most fun, right? And and you can't really have good relationships with people if you're not willing to be present with them. And so if you're looking past them or thinking about what's next or not fully investing in a friendship because you know that they might not be there the next year, I don't think that's wise. And I don't think that as a believer, that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And so that's what I would, I would say is be more consistent in embracing your place and just be fully there because it goes by fast. I mean, Matt played a long time and it seems like it just went by like that. I mean, it was, it's crazy. And he did it 22 years and it feels like yesterday, or even when spring training rolls around, I'm kind of like, shouldn't we be somewhere, you know, and he's, he's been done for a while. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's wild how fast it goes. Well, we really appreciate having you on here and just dropping all of your wisdom on us. And we know that we could talk to you for a lot longer to hear all of your pieces of advice, but thank you again. Oh, of course. This is fun. Anytime. I'm sure that I could come up with something else to talk about too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to have you back on and thank you everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.